Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Can you believe it? It seems like we were just saying that a few days ago. It's also Cyber Monday. And I want to talk to you about all the things that you can do. Did you see that lineup? I mean, first of all, I am so honored and so thrilled that Goldie DeVere, who's waiting in the wings, asked me to do this show. Uh, I am going to be sharing a stage with so many of my favorite friends next Sunday night at 7 p.m. at Don't Tell Mama. And in addition to that, uh, it's a benefit for St. Jude's uh, Research Hospital. By buying your tickets, you will also get an automatic raffle ticket. And we've got some amazing prizes that we're going to be giving away. When I think about what's going to be happening next Sunday night, it takes me back to when I was a kid and all those very special variety shows were on television and how I used to love to watch the Andy Williams uh, Christmas special every year and Bing Crosby and Judy Garland and so many. But there was one thing that none of them had, and that was Goldie DeVere <laughs> James Beeman. And they're both here today. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. The whole Mishpuch is here. Happy Kwanzaa. As I say with every show, there's always something to celebrate when you take the time to do so. Oh, yes. Absolutely. What the heck is Cyber Monday? Is it just a way to extend Black Friday through to the week after Thanksgiving? Absolutely. But I want to talk about uh, that for a moment because uh, to me, Cyber Monday is use, utilizing the internet uh, for uh, to sell things, to, uh, to get your name out there. And there are a couple of things and we're going to talk about this. But I'm going to bring this up first because Goldie, you are doing this as a benefit for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Right. And I've done many benefits for them over the years. So you don't have to twist my arm to ask about this organization. But why St. Jude's for you? Well, I'll be honest. Um, I'm a cancer survivor, nine, 17 years out, breast oh, cancer. Um, but I still remember how I felt when I heard those three words, you have cancer. And I can't even imagine how a parent feels when they're told their child has cancer and their commercials, <laughs> their commercials really hit my heart. They, I tear up. Um, I just think they're such an amazing organization because not only do they 
treat the children and do research that has improved their survival rate. 20 years ago when they started the survival rate or 50 years ago when they started the survival rate was 20%. The survival rate is now up to 80%. And most of that is due to the research they have done through the years. Um, And on top of that, the parents don't pay a penny. They don't pay for treatment. They don't pay for housing. They don't pay for food or transportation. St. Jude makes it possible for the families to be with their children through the treatment. And that is so important for the families and for the child. It's the most difficult thing they're going through. And that just makes it easier to be there to offer each other love and support. So I think they're just an amazing organization. Um, They're very close to my heart and I'm so happy to do this. And Richard, I'm thrilled that you're joining us. You're going to light up the stage as you always do. And (laughs) Amy's going to perform as well. Yes. With my co-star over here. I was just noticing. I love your little elf. He's adorable. Thank you. I want to say two things before we move on. Number one, um, thank you, Danny Thomas, uh, for starting this, and Marlo Thomas Marlo for Thomas. this, and they worked tirelessly at this. Um, yep. But when I was 13 years old, uh, my cousin Tanya uh, got uh, cancer, mm. and she unfortunately succumbed to it. And as a 13-year-old kid, uh you know, it was the first time that I had encountered the passing of someone younger than me. And it is the most horrendous thing uh, for a family to go through. Um, And so thank God for the work that they all do. And the fact that they do it by giving and giving and giving, that's what this holiday season is all about. Um, Don't give any gifts to me. Give them to St. Jude. Who's watching out there? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to bring. You know, you said two words that I want to hone in on. This would be like the duck coming out of the ceiling, and those two <laughs> words. I win a prize. Are love and support, yeah. and you and Jamie have such a love and support for each other. It's palpable. And Jamie, why don't you tell us how it began? And what it is about Goldie, I mean, friends come and go in our lives, but yeah, you yeah. two, for all I know, have been there together since the very beginning. Well, I 26 years or so, and yeah. uh, we met selling cosmetics on the on the selling floor at Henry Bendel's on Fifth Avenue. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, I could go through the whole saga of all the shows we've done together and the collaborations we've had and the friendships that we formed between uh, uh, Goldie and her late husband, Paul, and me and my rotten ex. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, and all of those adventures that we had together in Cabaret and Nightclub. Um, and then our lives diverged uh, uh, for 10 years. Uh, and it wasn't through anybody's sort of intent. It was just, I went to graduate school, I went away, and, blah, 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 and Goldie and Paul started to become, be, right. yeah, and Paul was becoming poorly, and, and Goldie was was really keeping the, the fire. She's a, she's a tough cookie. And uh, when Paul passed, uh, almost immediately, she called me on the phone. And I'm sitting here eating macaroni and cheese, you know. <laughs> 
And she says, it's Goldie. And I'm like, hi. And she's like, Paul, you know, Paul is gone and I want to sing again. And I said, and so you shall. And so you shall. And she has not stopped singing uh, since then. And I'm so thrilled to have her in my life. But really more than that, she's a great friend. She's the kind of person that, you know, my mother, my mother always wanted to be, always was. And the kind of, she's a mensch. Mm-hmm. She's a good person. She's a menchette. A menchette. <laughs> she's somebody you can count on as a friend. And she I'm has gonna, certainly proven that to me. So I I'm love her. But Jamie, you're that as well to me. So, um, you know. Even you're stuck we, with me, kid. Yeah. I mean, even though we hadn't been in touch through those 10 years because of our just lives taking different paths, when I called you, you were there immediately and you were just so loving and again, loving and supportive. Um, And it was like the 10 years hadn't even been there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Survival isn't really worth it unless you come out the other side with the gift it contains, the knowledge, Mm. the wisdom, the open heart that it's, you know, it's so corny to even talk about it, but But it is, but, but it's, it's a Christmas carol. It's what Scrooge goes through overnight through a series of things. You have to face the dark and you have to come through it and you have to reach for the light and you have to find the right people to reach for it with you. That's the essence of the season of all this, all of it. It's all about light, right? It's we're doing this wonderful song at the end of our show that a lot of people don't know. Goldie didn't know. And now she, of you course, turned she's me gonna, on to it. Now I love it. Uh, Wonderful song by Stephen Schwartz, uh, uh, the Hanukkah song, We Are Lights. We are lights, lights of memory. It's a beautiful song. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tear you apart. But then you also get Sidney Meyer singing Santa Baby and, and a whole lot of other yet. I had the distinction of doing Santa <laughs> Baby on the main stage, not on one of the side stages. On the main stage at Carnegie Hall, Ooh. With the New York City Gaiman's chorus behind me, and that was, as Carol Channing, I performed Santa Baby. That's a and lot of gay men behind you, honey. That's a lot of <laughs> behind me. And I remember, you know, and I will never forget. Uh, Jeffrey Maynard was the artistic director of the chorus at that time, and he came out on stage and he said, "It is so nice to have you here at Carnegie Hall, uh, Miss Channing." And I said, and I remember. <laughs> It is so nice to be had at Carnegie Hall. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ah! the house down. Um, I mean, the, oh, it was. I mean, first of all, and this is not lip service. I'm going to put this little background on that I had there. And if it gets distracting, you both tell me and we'll take it off. And I'm going to do this because I want people to see some of the names that are going to be yeah. popping up. Um, yeah, we need to fill up this house. I mean, if we're not sold out yet, we're close to it. We have to be. Come, do. And if you can't, donate. Uh, donate. There'll be plenty of video. Look donate. at the names. We've got Tanya Moberly. This woman is a powerhouse. Carolyn Montgomery. She's one of the high, the bright lights of the community. Sydney, of course. I mean, it's it's a who's who. And it's some young people. It's some up-and-comers. Richard Skipper. Look at that. Richard it, it is so exciting. And uh, you know what I love about this time of year? I know that there are some Scrooges out there. We know who they mm. are, who always complain, oh, I hate hearing the Christmas songs again. I hate going to the supermarkets. I hate doing, you know. But for me, um, when I hear my first holiday song of the season, 
And I heard it on the radio the other day, and it was, do you hear what I hear? And oh. I get goosebumps. Um, I sit and I watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't know any of the artists in it anymore. But at the end, you know, when Cheryl Lee Ralph appeared as Mrs. Santa Claus, and then there was Santa Claus, first right. of all, it made me cry. That voice. Yes. I thought, oh thank God that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I don't know if you both remember this, but during COVID, when they had to mm. scale back. Oh, yeah. In the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, they had uh, the uh, gay uh, marching band. They had all of these people on the parade because they said they are all about inclusivity. And I love that, that, you know, that we're celebrating all of that. But what I started to say is that this time of year, that not only do we hear these songs of these great artists that are no longer physically with us, um, nice. we hear their music again. Um, but then to get a new Christmas album this year, do you know what the number one selling record in the country is right now? No. no. Cher's Christmas album. Hey, come oh, on I'm now. That she has come on now. I haven't listened to it yet, but I know that. Of course. But you saw, saw her in the parade as well. Yes. She was the, well, I'm like, not sure. I've concluded that Cher is nothing more than a very, very high-tech hologram at this point. <laughs> I think she's just a projection. She's like Marlon Brando in Superman. You know what I mean? She just is now this entity <laughs> yes. beamed from another planet. I, I mean, I, she sounded great to me. Look, it's been good. Let me tell no, you. I have to ask, you know, it might be Dancers Michael Walters is joining us, and I love Michael. Is Michael? Yeah, no surprises. We don't let out. Don't let the. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, we don't know. Mm -mm. Michael Walters has many guises. I know. Yes, you just have to come and find out. <laughs> we don't want to give anything away. I have written brand new lyrics to a song, which will be of interest to you, Richard Skipper. But I'm not going to give it away. But it is. Of of a, it is an area that you are a great uh, expert at, and you too. Uh, uh, yes, uh, but this is what, <laughs> this is a a rewrite of lyrics uh, of a of a song, of a song you're very by, familiar with. Yes, written by Mr. Jerry Herman, and Goldie's going to sing it as her opening number with all new lyrics that I that I have penned out of my feverish so brain. I will say that Jerry is being well represented. On uh... has to be. Him and Irving Berlin. Come yeah. on. That's yeah. Christmas. <laughs> when he sings Santa Baby, he does a version, a different version that is, has become a classic. Everyone knows him for doing this song. And that's why I wanted him to open the show with this song. Yep. And um, can we mention the raffle that we're having? Oh, my yeah. God. Of course. It's my mind. Okay. You guys, you get a raffle ticket with your entry your so your cover is 35 it seems like a no, lot but you're 30, getting it 30 it's 30 30 cover and it includes a raffle ticket i want to say the tickets are 30 dollars, but if you want to give 35 dollars or more it all goes to saint jude's that's right that's right every bet it does to saint jude and we will have extra raffle tickets available for ten dollars yes. each or three for 25 what a bargain when you hear some of the prizes that are being offered for this raffle, like 
um, anyone in the cabaret community would just drool over these prizes. Let's start yeah, off. This with- is like the cabaret maven treasure trove. Of, okay. Let's of start prizes. off with Jamie. Jamie, who has designed all of my graphics for the past several shows that I've done and is now doing graphics for several people in the community. You'll always know a Jamie Beeman card because of the <laughs> style and the panache, and it's they're gorgeous. Um, he has offered uh, to do graphics for posters, postcards, social media for someone's show, upcoming show. We it's have a package. Yes. We have Connor Weiss who will do um photography. I, before you go on, I want to say and also if you win uh James's package, for example, and you don't uh have a show coming up or nothing to promote, it's a great gift for somebody who does. There or, you go. Or, you know, we will have certain time limits on these things and you'll work them out with each person that is offering them. But if your show is, you know, you have a date for next year or something, just work it out with Jamie. Okay. We have Richard. Richard, you have been so generous to offer a complimentary banner ad to a lucky winner for one week on your Richard Skipper Celebrates. And you've also been so generous. We'll throw in an extra thing. Uh, the shows also I, I'll, I'll help get the word out about their next absolutely show. and and you're wonderful with that you're helping us get the word out on your on your website as well didn't jeff harner donate yeah. jeff an harner hour of coaching time a coaching session lenny watts donated a coaching session we best also the best. have two complimentary tickets to the bistro awards next year on april 1st you got them yes we are Day. Yes. I, I didn't want to <laughs> talk Okay. I was that intentional. And then we have um also banner ads being offered in Nightlife Exchange, being offered on Cabaret Scenes magazine. Um, we have a coaching session from Bill Zephyro, vocal coaching session. Um, it, it the list goes on and on. We have more than a dozen of these amazing. Um, prizes and services that are being offered. So again, you get you already get one ticket included in your cover charge, but there's the option to buy more once you you're will. there. And we will have things set up. So if you want to and are able, we all know it. Look, it's it's tough. Everybody is dealing with you know finances and things. So we understand. Um, but anything that you're able to donate. We'll have um, an extra little donation box set up if you want to throw a couple ones in there. Or, <laughs> five, or ten. Or <clears throat> as as yeah. Carol says in Hello Dolly, fives or sevens. That, there, you <laughs> there you go. She also says money is not worth a thing unless it's spread around encouraging right. young things to grow. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. This I, show I, is going to feel like, it's going to feel like one of the, I mean, we did benefits like this in the 90s all the time and they have different themes and of course we all remember uh, ruby rims and friends and oh. we all remember jamie DeRoy and friends and you know all that stuff this is like this is like a high-end you know take over the piano bar and and have a whoop to do yes yeah yes. so you know it's it's to me the fact that so many people of such caliber jumped at the opportunity to be a part of this. Like Everyone it, that. Said, yes, immediately. I'm so grateful. Such a great thing. It, it just so great. I didn't have to twist anyone's arm. Everyone <laughs> said yes immediately. 
And I am, I just couldn't be more grateful. And it touched, really touched my heart. I, and it's you, more than an open mic. I mean, this is like, this is, this is a, a show. show. This We've got John show. Miller on bass. We've got Chip Fabrizi on drums. We've got Michael Roberts at piano. And on top of that, we get guest pianist Bill Zephyrow, Tracy Stark, who will be accompanying herself uh, on a song Rockman. of her own composition, yes. Steve CD. I mean, so it's goes beyond beyond just the incredible talent on stage. It's the incredible musicianship. It's the it's the original room of Don't Tell Mama. Yes. You know, let's go. And it's where the fun is at. That are on this show, we all made our debut at Don't Tell Mama. That's right. That's right. That's home. That has always been in the Paleolithic period. <laughs> Please, please. <laughs> I made my first appearance on the back, the back room. We used to call it back room. The back but room, The right. original room, room. Uh, in 1988, my mother created a review called Noel Coward's Marvelous Party. And we had done it up in Boston at the Club Cabaret up there. I was 21. I just come out of school. And uh, we came and Sidney Meyer said, come and do the show a couple of times. We did it a couple of times for about a couple of people. But God, that was like, I can never forget that first time in that space. And yeah, that's so wild, Jamie, because I made my debut at Mama's with Goldie's Broadway Diner with Paul, musical directing and playing for me (laughs) and directing and, you know, and collaborating. Um, I made my debut. I don't remember the exact year. I'd have to see if I could find the postcard. But it was um, late 80s or very early 90s. But we didn't know each other then. We didn't. We did not. Seven. And I quickly moved back to to Boston to get my feet wet and get some experience. Richard, what was your debut at Don't to Mama? Uh, April twenty first, nineteen ninety five. Wow! Wow! I know because the poster is up here on the wall. Oh, okay. (laughs) That was the heyday. I was performing as Judy Garland, and I was doing midnight shows. And we were bringing them in. Right. Because people went out late in those days. People partied. What is wrong with people? I, I did a 9.30 curtain at the triad recently. I'm like, geriatric much? Children. Yeah. 9.30 I, is the shank of the evening on a Thursday. Come I, on. Uh, uh, another plug here. On Monday, on Friday night, I'm going to see, um, it, it's going to be the New York premiere of this documentary on Studio One from L.A., and I don't know if you know anything about Studio One, but Studio One was the basis for Studio 54 in New oh, York. And uh, it is against the backdrop. I mean, Cheetah Rivera performed there. Julie Budd performed there. Rosalind Kind, um, Donna McKechnie. They are all in the film. Wow. And I interviewed uh, Mark Saltarelli. Um, and I've been saying, when are you coming to New York? And this film on Friday night is at 10 30 and i well it should be if that's the subject right remember that remember when we used to take disco naps honey (laughs) i used to when i was clubbing in the 80s it was 1987 88 and i was working at the front desk at the omni park central hotel (laughs) i know in midtown manhattan you know that hotel jackie gleason lived in that hotel so I worked at the front desk. I was a twink. Okay. I had just come out of college. Got befriended by a group of guys who went clubbing four nights a week. But I get out of work at midnight. That's too soon, darling. 
too soon. So we go down and we pregame down in the village. We go to Uncle Charlie's or we go to Tracks, one of these like sleazy bars downtown until it was about two. And then we'd hit the clubs. Oh my goodness. I told you. Latherance repeat. Yes, yes. I do remember. You, you go to a late night show and then you go out afterwards for drinks and maybe a bite to eat. And then after that, you'd go dancing and to some late night club till till dawn. And then you'd go home and have a little fun. And then you'd sleep. And, right. right. I mean, those, those were a lot of fun. Our early New York days. You knew you were hardcore when you were in a club. You, we all remember this. You were in a club. And there were two hours in the morning that by law, they could not serve alcohol. Right. <laughs> Between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Right. So you'd be dancing and boogie and doing other things. Nobody was drinking anyway. They were doing other things. But, you and, know, and, and they, the booze would dry up and they'd put out buffets. Right. right. All of these right. people sweating. and They put out, I mean, a spread. Of like yes. bagels and things and donuts and stuff because they wanted to keep you there until six. Right, right. Of and of course, of course, you stayed long, long after six. <laughs> well, you were home until the sun was up. That's for sure. No, for of sure. course. My coming out process. I started at the Monster. I would oh, wow. leave the Monster and I would go to Marie's Crisis, where I ended up becoming a, a singing waiter there. That's where I met Danny. Um, I would leave Marie's Crisis. I would go to the duplex, the original duplex. The original duplex. And I would leave the duplex. I'd go to the Five Oaks. <laughs> I would leave the Five Oaks. I would go, and I'd do, just do a couple of songs in all these places. Oh, sure. And um, I was cuter in those days. I never had to buy a oh, drink. Oh, you're so, you're so adorable. Please. I never had to buy a drink. I never <laughs> had to buy a drink. And I don't <laughs> drink. So it was, for me, that was a Coca-Cola. And uh, oh, then I would go to ADA's, and if I felt really ambitious, I would get uh, on the subway and go to Don't Tell Mama. Yes. Then to Broadway Baby. Oh. And, and then I would retrace my steps, and I did that every No. Week. That was my life in the 80s. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a lot now. of shoe leather, honey. <laughs> it was a lot of shoe leather, and it, and it taught me everything that, about me yeah. as an entertainer what I do sure. with an audience and everything that all came from performing in those rooms. And the we, the interesting thing about this is that when this all started, there was a whole group of us that were all starting out at the same time. Michael Mackesy, um, uh, Michael Barbieri, um, Mark Allen, uh, yep. Philip Pastore. I mean, all <laughs> of us were like- Michael it, Vaccaro. Uh, Michael, oh, well, I didn't uh, know, my, I think Michael- Did you overlap with Michael? Did I what? Overlap with Michael Vaccaro. No, I, I'm I'm a little older than he is, I think. Oh, okay. So I don't think that I, I always want to make him seem older. Because he yeah. looks amazing. Oh like he looks God. insanely good. Him? I mean, he just is perennially gorgeous. Oh Michael, if you're God. listening. But the that head of hair. That the hair definitely <laughs> agrees with him. gets better and better. I yeah. remember, you know, and there are certain memories that stick with me. I remember walking into Broadway Baby. And hearing Natalie Douglas sing "Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered," wow. and I fell in love with her. And there was nothing mm. like it. I mean, and to this day, I mean, still, she just touches me on so yeah. many levels. But all of these artists that are, you know, part of this evening, um, mm. how many nights all of us have spent in the dark 
watching mm -hmm. them on stage, doing their magic. Right. And then Goldie and James, you're bringing them all together. Well, it's all Goldie. It's all Goldie. You know, Goldie, Goldie's a charming lady. Goldie could char charm, charm the pants out for you. And uh, she, but she also is committed to what she's doing and she's legit. Like Goldie's legit. And I think people know that and they trust that about her. And the kinds of people who've rallied around her, I mean, her duet with Tanya Moberly in her recent show last oh. year, our big uh, CD launch and Carolyn Montgomery came out and, and, and killed it. And, you know, Goldie, Goldie makes friends. And she brings people along to the for the good stuff. And this is going to be good stuff. Uh, we've got Bill Zeffro singing his own music and accompanying himself, which is always classic. We've got Tracy Stark singing her own stuff, which we never get to hear enough of. Uh, uh, so we've got all these, these musician, performer types. But we've got characters. We've got Lenny <laughs> Watts. We've got Lenny Watts. No. Yeah. Got, yeah. All kinds of musical styles. We've got Aaron yeah. Lee Battle. You know, battle. Oh, wait till we hear it, what he's going to sing. So oh, I, want, I, I don't want to give it away, but he's going oh, like to take us to church. Yes. Uh, <laughs> was a regular when I performed my Judy Garland show. It was uh, a fictitious episode of her show. Okay. And Aaron Lee Battle appeared in my show as Billy Eckstein. Oh, I can imagine. You know that? That. I mean, I we that. go way back together. I want to so ask good. you, uh, James. I know that you're from Boston, uh, from that yep. area. Uh, Goldie, where I, and you grew up in Philly. Uh, in Philly. Yes. I want to ask you both, and Goldie, you can go first. Um, if you remember your first Christmas in New York, uh, your first holiday in New York, away from your family. Um, actually that took a while because I was going home for holidays for many years. Um, and it was what happened. We still traveled, even when Paul and I married and everything, I tended to travel home over the holidays. Um, because, you know, as Jamie said, we met as uh, you know, makeup artists at, in, in Bendel's and um, that, that was the busiest time. So mm -hmm. um, once Christmas was over that week between Christmas and New Year's was when I could plan to go to my, my home in Philly and we could have our family thing there. Um, at, but we, we traveled in the beginning for Thanksgiving, but then we stopped that too, because so we spent Thanksgiving in New York all the time because it's the worst time to travel. And mm -hmm. the two of us would spend Thanksgiving together here in the apartment and because we could watch the Macy's Day Parade from our bedroom window. Yes. Yes. It goes right past our bedroom window on Columbus Circle. And uh, we would be woken up by the first marching band around nine o'clock. And I'd go in and I'd make us hot chocolate and bring it back to bed. And then we'd watch the parade from our from our bed. And that was delightful. And then, you know, we'd start patting around and, and we'd have something to eat here. And so Thanksgivings were always really lovely here. Um, Christmas, I would be here, but I wasn't really able to celebrate Christmas time here. And, you know, I loved the, the whole holiday spirit. Um, it just, I would have tried to avoid though, the typical sort of 
tourist places because it's just started getting crazier and crazier. With it's hard too, though, don't you think, when you work in retail for all these years? I have 15 years of retail yeah. on big, yeah. busy department store floors. It does kind of... Mm, yeah, it, it eats away. into your Christmas magic. Yeah. And so it I'll does. be honest with you, I feel much more Christmas spirit this year. Yeah, I was I saying this before. A long time. Um, mm. I, I was very annoyed at the beginning of October when I would see Santa Claus displayed in the store right next to the right next to the scarecrows and the witches because you, <laughs> had, you know Christmas was coming out right with Halloween. I was just like, just too soon. But once the week of um, Thanksgiving hit, and Jamie and I also got to go down to AC, to Atlantic City, to see the Christmas show at the Borgata. Fantastic. That truly choreographed. Oh, my God. Just amazing. You guys, good old-fashioned Christmas. If you're in the Atlantic City area, you, must. you go to the Borgata. It's just like this little confection. It's every cheesy, oh, corny, fancy. wonderful thing about Christmas you want, and girls kicking themselves oh in the face. Oh, my God. Those fancy <laughs> girls. Are it's you, you you don't go to Radio City, go to Atlantic City. Again. Yeah, yeah. Amazing the two world. stars are are little people who sing their faces off. Yes, like it's they are truly amazing. You yeah, Christmas in the air. Two other singers too who take us through a lot of the show who are just like everyone's really so talented. It's really fun, so good. So that's yeah, we have been feeling Christmassy. Yeah, that yeah. really kicked off my feeling that I'm ready now for the holidays. And when Thanksgiving hit too, I was just, I'm in the holiday spirit. I think for the first time in God, in, in memory, I, I can't remember the last time I really was feeling holiday. Like, yes. Yeah, I, I read an article recently and it was a, about the, uh, the do's, the don'ts and the changes that we can all make in the holiday season. Danny and I, we've been together 35 years uh, going next year. And in, you know, there's not a material thing that I want. I, you know, and we made a pact with each other. We don't really exchange gifts anymore because we will take that money and we will have a fabulous trip this summer. We're going to go to London uh, to see Amelda Staunton and Dolly. And I'm hoping to perform while I'm there. Uh, Yes. um, You know, it's, it's for us, it's decorating our house, uh, which we love to do, and we do that. And then um, the dinners that we have here with our friends. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that for me. Um, James, do you remember your first holiday in New York away from your family? Well, you know, I think about that. <laughs> uh, you know, my ex and I, Damien, uh, uh, we moved here at different times because I got this job offer out of nowhere to do what do you do up Broadway. And it was the summer of 93 and I had to like, just get here, be here. And I was sleeping on my friend's floor and till I found a part and it was Mark Allen's old apartment. Oh. On 9th Avenue. <laughs> he, was, he and his hubby were going suburban. And, I uh, they, <laughs> yeah, it was a dark little hole of an I apartment. I remember that dark uh, little hole. Yes. So we kind of, it was a hard candy Christmas. I will say that. Uh, for us as a young couple just starting out in New York. But we, and I was doing drag and I had just gotten into the Lacage Review. So I was making a little bit of money at the Blue Angel Supper Club. But it was kind of swanky in a way. And uh, not long after that, my ex joined Ballet Trocadero. But, I, you know, rather than, other than that, you know, my favorite day in New York City 
and I've been in here 30 years in this neighborhood, is Christmas morning. Yes. Mm. It is silent. Yes. Silent in the city. And my ritual is to get up early because I'm always up early on Christmas morning. I'm like a child. Anyway, whether I'm here by myself, I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever. If there is that feeling in the air, you know. And, I, you know, Jews love Christmas. Trust yes. me. Yes. We're so sentimental. Anyway, but I get up early, you know, and I go out and I either bring my hot cocoa or I find me a Starbucks and I get me a hot drink and I just walk all the way up to the park. I'll walk across over to Carnegie Hall, walk up to Central Park. It's as if some genie came along and disappeared all the human beings from the planet. It is quiet and it is peaceful and you can look around you and be like, wow, this is like a place to live and a place to be and it's so peaceful. Isn't that weird? Because no, everybody not, likes the excitement. Weird. I don't it's know. Not no. weird at all. It's it's really wonderful. And there have been moments, you know, like that. I, I want to again ask each of you if there are certain rituals from your childhood that you still carry through to your adulthood. Because uh, yes. you know, it's like the song, you know, uh, children from uh, one to ninety-two. Um, we all, I think, at this time of year, become more childlike. Some yes. More than- but <laughs> do you have a favorite ritual that you still carry through with you? Yes. Um, when I was a child in, in South Philly is where I was born. And then I was there till I was like nine or 10. Um, we celebrated Hanukkah and Christmas. Christmas was not religious to us. I grew up in a neighborhood where every family was either Italian or Jewish. And I always said Italian and Jewish, same culture, just a different menu. That's right. And and so we would, on Hanukkah, the aunts and the uncles and my grandmother, you know, my parents, they would give us Hanukkah gelt. You know, we were thrilled. We'd get $5 from Bubby every year. And it was like, it was like magic. And I had my next door neighbor, Rhoda, my mother's friend, would every single year buy me for Hanukkah a package of panties, seven panties, (laughs) That each had the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I knew that every year I'd get the set of seven panties days of the week from Rhoda. And, and you would have a pair of panties for every day every of that week. day. And, and Rhoda also That's made funny. the best latkes, but not potato latkes, just regular matzimil latkes, mm-hmm. really thin, a little small, and we would sprinkle sugar on them. They were delicious. Then on Christmas, we didn't have a tree. We didn't decorate the house for Christmas. But we, my sister and I would wake up early. That's when we got our big presents. And my sister's presents would be piled up on the left-hand side of the couch. And my presents would be on the right side of the couch. Every and year. Every year. <laughs> and we'd go down and we'd have full Christmas morning and Christmas day. And, and Christmas day, the, traditionally, we would have Chinese food. All Jews. Of course. Chinese food on Christmas Day. My father would... Tradition. Tradition. So my father would go pick it up and bring it home. We wouldn't eat in the restaurant. We'd eat at home. My father would go pick it all Mm -hmm. up from the restaurant. So I still keep those traditions with my nieces and nephews where um, for Hanukkah, they get gelt. For Christmas, they get their big gifts. Although these days, I'm giving them more 
checks and cash anyway, because they're all grown women. And I don't know. Exactly. Everyone loves cash. Yes. Let them, let them do with it, whatever makes them happy. Um, and I still do the, I, I now make the latkes and do that. And every Christmas, cause I'm here on Christmas day, I order up Chinese food. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's a, that's a, that's a Goldie, I want you to indulge me for a moment. Okay. I want to shift gears for just a brief moment, if you don't mind. Sure. So just recently, I had the great pleasure of seeing James and you, of course, uh, at the Triad uh, in uh, your amazing show, James. And I know that you are going to be doing um, a live stream uh, uh, viewing party on December 10th. Uh, So... I want to, if you don't mind, Goldie, I'd like to show a little teaser of James' okay. show. Okay. And <laughs> then, yes, and then we'll talk about the, uh, we'll talk about the show on the other side. Here yeah. it is. Hey. Now that's right. It's never too late to blow a kiss, especially at a time like this. It's never too late to fall in love. Bodio, bodio, bodio. It's never too late for fun and larks. A jolly old flame's got lots of sparks. It's never too late to fall in love. Bodio, 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 bodio. The modern buildings that you see are often most alarming but I am sure you'll all agree a ruin can be charming it's never too late to be a pro experience counts a lot you know and it's never too late to fall in never too late to fall in never too late Ooh. You uh, need to come out of your shell. Wonderful. I know. <laughs> I'm such a little small retired thing. What I loved about this evening was that you there was it was just sheer abandon. You just went yeah. out there and you just had the time of your life. And as a result, those of us in the audience had a great time. Uh, I'll share with you something that Carol Channing once said, and she said there are seals. Uh, there are entertainers and there are performers. She oh, yeah. said, a seal is a performer. It cares about one thing. That's getting a, no- a-, a fish and balance. You know, it will balance a nose. Uh, I, I can't even talk. A ball on its nose, yeah. It will throw, uh, balance a ball on its nose, flap its fins, do anything to get that fish. It doesn't care about the audience. It's just <laughs> doing its thing. And then there are entertainers. And James, you are an entertainer. Goldie, you're an entertainer. Well, yes, she you. is. Yeah, I, you know, I if you're going to do it, it's not about oh, look at me, me and what I'm doing. It's like let's share this experience and and have fun together and just have a shared experience. And- I think there's an interesting transition happening. You know, things kind of aligned at the times that they're supposed to, and I think people like like us 
you know, would give or take a few years amongst us. But generally, we're steeped in a bunch of really great fucking stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, variety specials and entertainers like Shirley MacLaine and Sammy Davis Jr. and Anne-Margaret and Shirley Bassey and all the greats. They were in our living room. They're surrounded. We're surrounded by them. They're part of us. They're in us. They're out of us. We got to pass it along. Mm-hmm. And what I'm discovering in the cabaret nightclub world is that there's there's a coexistence happening, right? We were talking about this the other day, and not to sell anybody short uh, at the Birdland, but you know, cast party has become a jazz showcase in the very best way. I mean, there'll be some musical theater and some cabaret folk that will come along, but but there's a gr- really growing young. Uh, uh, jazz, vocal, jazz, musical scene. That's fabulous. It's part of that fabric, right? But I think people are like us. You reach a certain age and you're like, I got stories to tell. I got things to that I, that I know. And the kind of nightclub act that I wanted to do, if I learned anything, uh, and in addition to teaching people like Goldie, uh, uh, directing people like Goldie and directing Alex D'Souza, who started out wanting to just get back on stage at 50 and celebrate her birthday and ended up with, you know, three I of the greatest stuff. singers in town as her backup band, you know, a whole backup band. Alex, we, we're, we're ambitious and we know how to get shit done and mm-hmm. we support each other in mm-hmm. the way that we used to. It's very Follies-esque to me. But I mean, in a good way. It's like we're all coming back around and going, hey, we love this stuff. And there's a and let's let's go all out. Yes. Let's go all out. But Richard, you're that entertainer as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's for real. The show we're talking about doing is gonna be epic. Oh, I can't wait. Epic, epic, Richard Skipper. I, will tell you, um, I can't wait. Danny and I were in Provincetown uh right after I think it was the first time that you were allowed to go out again after the pandemic. So we were there. And Miss Richfield, who I love, 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 um, we had gone to see uh, a show. And when Miss Richfield introduced me to this other person that was standing next to her, um, she said, this is Richard Skipper. He used to be an entertainer. And I felt like a knife went right through me. Mm. Uh, um, But what... Miss Richfield was not being rude or anything. All yeah. that she was seeing was what I'm doing here. And uh, so I started doing this as a result of COVID. And, uh, you know, and it's very interesting in this business. And James, you know this better than anybody. People want to pigeonhole you. And they want to put you in this box. And they want to say, this is who you are. If you don't believe me, read Barbara Streisand's autobiography. Uh, she, she, throughout her book, throughout her career, anytime she wanted to try something different or anything, they did not uh, want to allow her to do this. And I don't know the powers that be, whoever they are, are out there. Um, I, I was on a site the other day and another uh, impersonator uh, someone I consider to be a good friend. I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to out this person. But there was an article in a, a great gay publication about this person. And it was so full of love and how much he loves what he does. And uh, that, you know, all these great divas that he performs as. 
And then in the comment sections, every single one was cutting. It was bitchy. It was nasty, attacking this guy. And I wanted to say, you know, for God's sake, this person's only trying to create art. Oh. He's not trying to, you know, point a gun at any of you. None of you are forced to go see. None of you are forced to see the show. We, for all of us, whether and they're all, all such experts, and they're all experts. <laughs> they're they, all <laughs> such experts. Look, we've all had this thrown at us. I'm sure you did too. Yeah. And when I was doing Marlena Dietrich, believe you me, people think they own that shit mm -hmm. and can give you. I have. I, I no joke. My first pictures. All of my best pictures are Stephen Mosher pictures, of course, right? Mine too. So, right. So I had this picture and it had my hands up on my face and I'm looking up and it's like the key gorgeous, lighting. Gorgeous, okay. gorgeous. My, okay, old picture, old forms of, of retouch. We didn't have digital retouch in right. 94, whatever the fuck it was. Hard <laughs> my French. Uh, so uh, I got my own postcard sent back to me in an envelope addressed to me in the mail, opened it up with little post-it notes and and arrows drawn on it about what I did wrong with my makeup. But it's this random person who thought that he knew. Oh my God. Jamie, I know that, that picture very well. I knew you then. <laughs> and if I tell you that your makeup was flawless and fabulous, your whole it look- It got better and better. But, but my- but, but in that picture, in that picture specifically, it, I would challenge people to know whether that was you or or the real Marlena, because that's how. But much but, but the follow up is the follow up is Richard. You know, of course, there's always a little chorus of pick a little talk a little people <laughs> who want to pick your thing apart and think they know it all. You know, to me, it's like, can I be a little blue? I promise, I won't say the f word again. No, you can uh, say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook. But no, anyway, fucking language in front of a fucking language. <laughs> I always, I used to have a joke that I would pull out after a couple of martinis, and I'd be like, "Yeah, sure. Every gay man has eight inches plus, right? Right. <laughs> That's like if every gay man who claimed to have been at Carnegie Hall the night that Judy Garland recorded her great concert, the loge would have collapsed. Right. 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 You know, everybody knows. You know." Right. Years ago, Tommy Femia, Jane, uh, and uh, Tommy Femia, Stephen Brindberg, and myself, we were booked to perform at McClune's in Asbury Park. So we go to Asbury Park <laughs> um, at, to do the show. Um, it's a 90-minute drive from here. So we left early. We got there. We had a rehearsal. Christopher Denny was playing for us. We finished the rehearsal. Uh, and then we sat in, and you've all been in them, dressing rooms that are the size of a shoebox. And, you know, uh, because once you get into make, you're not going to go out. You're stuck in this little space waiting to go on, waiting to go on. So we did the show that night. It was very well received. And uh, then after the show was over, uh, somebody wanted to take a photograph with us. So I said, why don't we go on the stage, bring up the lights, and we'll stick around for photographs. Again, this is after being there all day. We were very gracious with every single person. And then on the following Saturday, on one of these chat boards, all, I, all that chat or something, somebody wrote about going to see the show. They And they said, uh, Tommy Femia was bizarro in his performance. 
Henry said that meeting me was like meeting Carol Channing meets the Twilight Zone. <laughs> because I never broke character uh, that I thought I was Carol. Well, when I was in costume, I never did break character. Oh. Um, and, uh, and that, uh, but, the, the real star of the evening was Steven Brenberg. And went on and on and on about Steven. And I know that this person had to be a friend of his that oh, wanted nice. to do on Didn't such have a to run you down. To run us down. And uh, so this person, Well, thank you very much, Mr. Walcott. But I, <laughs> you know. but I responded to this. And I said- Oh, you did? Ooh. Yes, I did. And I said, basically, um, Lenny Watts, who I love dearly, if he happens to be watching, and Lenny Watts said years ago, all I owe you is a good performance. And the fact that we all stayed around after the show, when we were all tired, we all had to get back into Manhattan, and we did all these things, and that some person would attack us. Didn't say anything at all about the performance. It was a lot about them. It was all about what happened after the show. And I responded and said, I am sorry that you had a less than experience. I don't understand what your intention is with this post. Um, Mark Shaman reached out to me and said, thank you for speaking up for all of us. Because at the end of these shows, I mean, I have, you know, a few weeks ago, someone said, Julie Andrews, I hate her. And I go, why do you hate Julie Andrews? Because she refused to give me an autograph once. Because <laughs> that's her job. Right. Because right. that's her job. Right. You know, it's interesting to me. We're in a weird time because of this cyber world and the mm-hmm. young folk who are inhabited. There's this, there's this weird cyber sphere. Uh, and there's a lot of critique, especially the movie. You know, you know about the 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 incels that do these scathing reviews of the new Star Wars movies and the Disney Plus series and all of this stuff. And they're bitter Betty, you know, and everyone's a critic. I mean, it is Henny Youngman all the way, you know, everyone's a critic. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think it's hysterical. You know, Fran Leibowitz, I just posted, I, I post a quote of the day on my, on my I, love, I love, and I put them in my newsletter. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Good. Fran Leibowitz. She says, she says, this world needs more knowledge and less opinion. Everybody's <laughs> got an opinion, but I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I love Fran Leibowitz. She's oh, just, me too. She's uh, like, <laughs> you know. Her, Fran her Leibowitz is one of the uh, interviews that got away because I would love Oh, oh my God, that would be. I, I would get a hold of that if I could. I really would. She's That's so funny. Pretended she was on Bill Maher. Bill Maher's club random and he's like he's like lights her cigarette for her and he's like i always like like lighting a cigarette for a lady and she's like i'm not a lady i'm a girl <laughs> <laughs> i just love her to bits i really do it's you know and it's so, so funny it's so it's so, so funny uh, so goldie let me ask you something because yes. since we're talking about the season and tis the season you know we're, we're putting together the poster art and everything and i grew up similar to goldie except that my father wasn't jewish uh, so, and he was a set designer, so we had to have a Christmas tree, y'all. And, uh, so we always had a Christmas tree and we always had stockings. We always did Christmas Eve and Santa Claus Christmas morning and all that stuff. Um, but we also did Hanukkah. Uh, my mother used to say, we're Jews, but we have Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> um, 
But like, what do you, there is an appeal about Christmas time for Jewish people. Oh. Uh, it's why people like Irving Berlin. See, here's my theory. There's home movies somewhere of my mother and her two brothers growing up in Flatbush, Brooklyn on East 10th Street in Flatbush, you know, with their grandparents who spoke Yiddish and their parents and their her father who had a Russia, Russian accent because he was an immigrant and all that. They did Christmas morning and they would shoot home movies of them in their pajamas, pretending to yawn and stretch and come down the stairs. They couldn't have a tree. They were Jews. No trees. They you had, have to have a tree. They had stockings, but they weren't hung by the mantle. They were on the lined up on the hearth. Yeah. We did have stockings too, but they weren't Christmas stockings. I, I, we, they were our knee socks. But do you think it's an American thing? I think that's why Jewish immigrants wanted their kids to have Christmas because their their classmates did. That it was an American thing, and that's why people like Irving Berlin were inspired to yes. write White yes. Christmas. And because right? that, let's be real, I mean Hanukkah is a different time every year because it follows the Jewish calendar. So right. sometimes it happens with Christmas. Sometimes like this year, it's I think it's the seventh or eighth. Next week, yeah. it'll be done and over before Christmas hits. So, but Christmas is the same time every year. And we always had off that week for the Christmas <laughs> holiday from Christmas through New Year's. So yes, that was for all of us. Again, it was a celebration. It was a celebration of holiday family time. I right. mean, everybody cooked up a storm and, um, you know, it, yes. So I think that and all the cultures living on top of each other. I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts. We yes. were exotic uh, where I grew up, but but growing up around here in New York, for my for my my best friend Mickey, who grew up on Long Island with his Italian, your just right. similar Irish, Italian, Jewish right, right, people, right. all the food, the different traditions, it's all, all about side by side, and family, and talking about your ailments around the dinner table, and, <laughs> you know, but, you know, everybody sits and bitches a little bit, um, but but yes, it's all about family, and. Uh, you know, it was just a time of abandon and happiness. Yeah. And we looked forward to that Christmas morning, like, yeah. like enough. And we didn't need the Christmas tree. I loved, we would, we would have the go to our Italian friends' homes and do their Christmas, you know, the decorating of their trees. They would always do a certain night and we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd help decorate their trees. And that lasted all the way through when we moved to the, to Northeast Philly, we had friends, Italians. Now, as the next generation, I'm the only one that actually married a Jew. And we still didn't <laughs> have the tree, but we do, did still celebrate Christmas the same way, Hanukkah and Christmas. Don't um, you think it's a New York thing too? It, like there's it, so many New York stories, New well, York movies set at Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, because that's, you the, know. That, it's New York, let's be real. It's the Rockefeller tree. It's the, all the stores. I mean, it, every big yeah. city has their version of it. But yeah. New York is the epicenter. And there's movie. always that moment at the peak of the movie with Harry yes. met Sally. And the, they, yes. you know, I, to me, it is a New York thing, thing, Christmas. Yes. They're at the Empire State Building. They're skating at the rink. They're at the tree. I mean, yes. Um, and um, what, what was I just going to say about <laughs> New York? Um, you know what I was going to say? Oh, oh. I, I Thinking I'm, about family and who, where you're going to be on Christmas and... Sometimes it's nice to just be by yourself in your cozy little apartment, you know, watching, you know, Alistair Sim or something. Yeah. But kids well, who are in the hospital, who are sick, 
with their families needing to have a sense of the season for that child and to keep their spirits up and to come together as family. And those kids that are being helped by all those people. My mother was so well taken care of in the facility she was in at the end of her, her days. And, yes. and children need even more feeling yeah. of, of safety and love and all that. And, you know, I, the St. Jude hospital, God bless you for all that you're doing. And we're, we're going to sing our hearts out and, and make them laugh and, and sell some raffles and, and Goldie, you've been a, a hero putting this whole thing together. Absolutely. Amy, I'm, I'm so glad you brought it around to that because... <laughs> I had to plug the benefit again. Well, because this is the first time I'm ever doing a Christmas show. And the only reason I wanted to do it was to do it as a benefit. It Christmas time is, as you said at the giving. beginning, Richard, it's, it's about giving. giving. It's about yeah. sharing. It's about the love. And that's that's why I wanted to do a Christmas show this year. And that's why I, I wanted it to be about St. And you are. So well, I want to thank you both. I mean, we are at the end of our hour. And I want to thank your time and everyone else's time as well. Thanks, I'm everyone. I'm going to do as I do with all my shows to have the final word. It could be about anything we spoke about today that you want to build upon anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with today. Um, after I finish, James, I'll turn it over to you. And then Goldie, you'll have the final word. And we'll start and we'll end where we left off with a promo that is brilliant about the show. Uh, so you can all see who is there. Uh, once again, everybody, I want to let you know that on Sunday night uh, at 7 p.m. this Sunday night at Don't Tell Mama on 343 West 46th Street, I know that address better than I know my own. Um, uh, this incredible cast, I want to mention all of their names. Aaron Lee Battle, James Beeman, Alex Jesus, Meg Flather, Sue Matsuki, Tanya Moberly, Carolyn Montgomery, Sydney Meyer, Richard Skipper, Tracy Stark, Vale, Lisa Vigiano, Michael Walters, Lenny Watts, Bill Zepro. And That's I want to add, we have to add Craig Pomerantz because we didn't have his name when Craig we Craig Pomerantz is also with us. Um, and yes. Michael Roberts at the uh, Piano and Musical Director, John Miller on bass, uh, Chip Fabrizi on drums, and the fabulous James Beeman directing it. It's going to be an incredible evening. Um, I always end my show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Um, go to Don't Tell Mama's website. It's on Sunday night and order two tickets. If you're not able to go, give them to a friend. That'll be a nice way to start the holiday season. And as we mentioned earlier, there are all these great raffles and everything that will be taking part in the evening. So give it to a friend, let them and um, go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the fourth name and send it to them. And even if this is not someone that you break bread with, someone that's the fourth friend. And if they're not able to go, make sure that they give it to somebody who can. And let's pack this room. And let's, uh, I think your goal is 1,500. 1,500. 15,000. Let's raise, because I believe in Christmas miracles. It can happen. Everybody take part. Um, you know, pick up the phone, call someone you haven't spoken to in a while. Again, pick the fourth name that pops up, reach out with a phone call. I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger, and he says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. <laughs> I, I don't care what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. <laughs> and James, I will see you on Thursday, virtually, 
we're working on something together. Yeah, we're cooking something up. Yes, exciting. And I'm turning it over to you, James. I love you both. And I'll see you on Sunday. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Well, goodness, I say too much already. But um, I am feeling the spirit too, as Goldie said. I, I don't know what I don't know how to explain it. I, I uh, it's hard to feel optimistic sometimes, and I I feel good this year. I feel like some good things are about to come, and uh, and I agree with Richard. You know, it just occurred to me, money maker, money making schemes. If you know somebody who's going to come uh, on Sunday to to join with us as we do this amazing benefit at Don't Tell Mama season with a twist, um, and you can't make it. Or you know they're going to come. Stick a twenty dollar bill in their pocket. Tell them to buy some raffles. Give them a hundred bucks on their Venmo. You know, and buy. You know, the more the merrier. <laughs> the more the merrier. Uh, and let's just really make it a great Christmas for those kids. You know, and uh, on December tenth, a week later, join me and David Mayako. He's hosting from from Connecticut. I'm hosting from here in Manhattan. We're going to have a watch party of my show, Lived Experience, so that more people can see it. I'm real proud of this video. Uh, it came out really, really great, and it's a good message, and it's a good way to celebrate and thank everybody for all their support this year. So, so join us for that. There's a Facebook event for that that you can sign up for uh, updates about how to do that. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to Goldie Devere. She's out doing herself, people. It's going to be a beautiful show. She's the best. See you soon. Come and see us on Sunday. Well. Thank you, James. And um, I have to say that this idea was actually started as a little germ at the beginning of this year between Chip Fabrizzi and myself. Um, I'm doing a lot of work in his studio at PPI. And as we would sit during sessions, Chip actually said, wouldn't it be fun if we did a Christmas show and invited a bunch of our friends to just get up and do something and, and have fun with it? And we just sort of tossed it around and played around. And as the year wore on, it started to develop into more of a real thing. And that's when I started thinking about if we're going to do a show, it it has to be as a benefit. And the organization that really is closest to my heart is St. Jude's for all the reasons I mentioned. And once we started developing that for real, Um, that's when we brought Jamie in as director and we've been collaborating and, and really just, you know, I am producing this. I, I guess the driving force, but I could not do this without Jamie, without Chip, without Michael, uh, Roberts, without all the people that have been joining in and helping me with this and are behind me. And certainly, I couldn't do this without all of these amazing performers who just jumped on board immediately. And and so that is, it's going to be a fabulous evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're all going to be decked out in our finest baubles, bangles, and beads. We're inviting you to bring out your bling too, if you like. Um, I can guarantee you it'll be a fun evening and it will benefit. It'll go to such an amazing cause. So we're hoping that you guys can come. Uh, you can check out the direct links on my Facebook page, on Jamie's, on Mike, on Richard Skipper, on Richard Skipper Celebrates. There are a couple links that are being attached to this video. And if by any reason you can't come and you don't have somebody that you can send, which I think is a f- wonderful idea, please, Anything you can do, a dollar, a two, five, whatever. We have a direct link to the St. Jude's 
um, donation page for our fundraising. So I just want to wish everyone the happiest of holidays. I hope you get to share family time, time with not only your family, but your chosen family, your friends as well. And just enjoy this. Too much, too much craziness going on in the world today. We have to appreciate and value and celebrate those times of happiness and joy and love whenever we get the opportunity. So wishing you all the happiest of holiday seasons and sending you love. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.